Welcome to Jet Central, folks. This is the Winnipeg Free Press podcast about the Jets, sports, and etc. Uh, I'm your host, sports editor Steve Lyons, and I'm joined as usual by my co-host. I guess that's what you would call. I don't think I've called you a co-host. Are you, you're the co. You're a co-host, or what are you like? Does that anyways, uh, Does that come with an, Does it come with an increase in podcast pay? Because right now I'm making yeah. zero. Uh, so I, you, zero times a hundred is what? I believe that's still zero, <laughs> but oh, it sounds wow. better. It does, yeah. Okay, so today um, we're doing this podcast uh, a little differently. It's a special edition, folks. Mike McIntyre is sitting somewhere outside his hotel room there in uh, lovely Anaheim, Orange County. I'm still in my office here at 1355 Mountain Avenue. I'm looking out my window and I see cloudy skies and some trees i'm looking at mike and palm trees. Uh, I see nothing but sunny skies and palm trees um nice gig mike mcintyre <laughs> yeah it's it's not too bad i uh, as i was walking down here steve from my hotel room to the lobby i ran into a couple kids wearing uh, mickey mouse ears um, nice just for the record steve is not wearing mickey mouse ears as we do this podcast but it looks I like could, maybe I could bring you home a pair if you want. Um, no, that's all right. Thanks anyways, though. So you're not getting to Disneyland, obviously. Have you been no. to Disneyland? Uh, I have on a travel junket from this very newspaper. I think it was in 1998. I got sent here. It was like a two, I think it was a two or three day junket. And it was great. We got to like go to the front of every line, go on all the rides. Uh, it was a fun little junket. Uh, the only junket. I did one to Disney World. Was Angela Saklamakis arranging it? I don't know who arranged it. Um, I, funny little story. Our honeymoon, uh, in part, was at Disney World in Orlando. We also did a four-day cruise, but we went to Disney World for our honeymoon. So there you go. I've been to both. I haven't been to... Is there a third Disney? There's one in like Europe or something, right? I haven't been to that one. Outside Paris, but I think there's one in Japan as well now, too. I think okay. there's four. Yeah, I think so. But I know that there's Euro... There's Euro Disney. It's outside Paris. I haven't been to that one. I've been to Paris, but I didn't bother yeah. going to Euro Disney. That seemed kind of, I don't know. That didn't, that, that, that didn't attract me at all. Anyways, okay, so uh, this is episode 77, Mike. Wow. So, man, holy mackerel. Is there a lot of players to choose from that wore the famous number 77? We got Paul Coffey. Yeah, that's we the one that came to mind. Yeah. We got Phil Esposito when he went to the Rangers, Pierre Turgeon, and currently Victor Hedman. Those are some pretty good players. They are. That have won number 77. Almost However, all def- all defensemen except for Turgeon. And Phil Esposito. And Phil Esposito, right. So, I mean, out of those guys, my favorite would be Espo. I was a big Bruins fan when I was a kid. Um, I wasn't such a Bruins fan when Bork was on the team. And then, anyways. Um, however. However, we're not going with any of those players. Mike, to me, the most iconic 77 of all time is CFL great, Tony Gabriel. I mean, come on. Mm, yes. I knew well, I, you always go with a football player, and that's a great football player to go with. So I try to, I, I, would, I would like to mix it up a little bit, but <laughs> man, he, he's known for the catch. I don't know. Yeah. 
how old you were. You might not have been alive. What year were you born? 75. 1975. So the catch was when? What year were you born in? Sorry, cut out a little bit there. Oh, 1975. Oh, so you were a year old when the catch was in the <laughs> 1976 Grey Cup game. I remember it, man. Um, so he caught a, a, a pass over his over his shoulder, an over-shoulder pass from Tom Clements, who later went on to some great things with the Bombers. Bombers. And they beat the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I was a Riders fan at that point in my life or whatever. Uh, but, you know, just just an iconic moment in CFL history, really, in my mind. But anyways, get this. Gabriel was a was a Eastern Division All-Star 10 straight years. Wow. Man. But they don't have tight ends anymore. But they don't. Good ones. What do they they call them like slot backs now, right? But it used to be uh, a tight end. Yeah. Yeah, it went from then there was wing backs and there were slot backs. And now I don't think that there's anything really. They're all just they're all receivers going right. all over the whatever, right? You know what I mean, I don't even think they it's like every receiver plays each the each position now on the field or whatever. Yeah. So I mean in the NFL they still have tight ends. Of course you they got do. Gronkowski all that. Yeah. 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 So anyways, today, Mike, uh, we're gonna chat about the Winnipeg Jets opening their season with a 4-1 loss to the Mighty Ducks. We'll chat a little bit about a special dinner you had in the happiest place on earth. We'll talk a little bit about the Bombers. They're now 8-1 and one on the season. And, um, of course, for we're going to have a special slideshow at the end with Mike's pictures from his vacay in the Big Apple. With uh, we, we will have, We'll add in some music, right? We There's a lot of New York-based songs, so we could have... You know, Frank Sinatra, uh, Jay-Z, Alicia Keys. There's lots of artists that could serenade us. Lou Reed. Lou Reed, yeah. Lou Reed, yeah. <laughs> got Lou Reed. He's actually got a song. He's, uh, what's the album? It's called New York, I think. I don't know. Um, um, where am I at here? Where am I at here, Mike? I'm totally stumped here. So we're going to go to the first period. But I was right, the say Jets, something. they lost. They're the, Hit the panic button, Steve. The season's over. Got to watch the time here. I've got no clock going. This is, so, folks, you're going to have to bear with us. This is a very unusual podcast. Mike and I are actually looking at each other right. on a Zoom call and talking. But the, the audio is going to be recorded. Thankfully, you won't have to look at us. Um <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, you want good, but anyway, so anyways, first period, on we go. The Jets, Mike, opened their season with a 4-1 loss to the Mighty Ducks. What the heck was that, Mike McIntyre? People were gnashing their teeth on social media last night. They were. Uh, Yeah, I mean, first of all, the Ducks, I know you're saying it in jest. They are not very mighty, not not these days anyways. Uh, at least they're not supposed to be. They're in a rebuild mode. I mean, Steve, they had an 18-year-old kid playing last night, Mason McTavish. Talk about feeling old. Do you remember what you were doing in 2003? Because that's when Mason McTavish was born and the kid scored a goal. He actually scored the game-winning goal last night in his wow. first ever ever game. That's that's a Hollywood kind of story. Um, nice. Yeah, they're in a rebuild. They're not supposed to be very competitive. Uh, but they have one really good player, and that would be John Gibson, their goaltender. Uh, and maybe a little surprisingly, the Jets kind of got goaltended last night. John Gibson was a lot better than Connor Hellebuck. Those two will be teammates. 
on the U.S. Olympic team this winter in Beijing. And based on last night's performance, Gibson might have earned the starting job ahead of Hellebuck. It's just one night. Um, but he was very good. I mean, the Jets were in the first period, so it's appropriate we start by talking about the first period. I thought the Jets were actually very good in the first period. They just couldn't solve Gibson. At one point, the shots were 11-1 to 1 for Winnipeg, and the score was one nothing for Anaheim. They score on their first shot. Uh, I had joked that I wondered if Connor Hellebuck was going to fall asleep because he hadn't had a shot in the first like six minutes of the game. And then the first one he sees beats him. Um, Gibson was really good. The Jets special teams were not. They went 0 for 5 on the power play. They gave up two power play goals. And to me, that's the story. I thought five on five, Steve, the Jets were perfectly fine. In fact, they carried the play for large stretches as you'd expect they should against an Anaheim team. But they got goaltended and they got special teamed and they're 0 and 1. Um, I don't uh, think. You know, I, I, Mike, just back to the back to that first period where the shots were 7 1 or 11 1. Seven of the shots came particular power play. Now, right. I, I, I agree with you. It, it looked like the Jets came out and they were ready to play and they were, you know, passing the puck around and making some really nifty plays and stuff like that or whatever. But I mean, if not for the power plays, I, I don't know that they I don't know that they looked that good, frankly. I, I don't think that the Jets looked actually very good last night. And, and here's why. Um, I think that they were were skillful and certainly showed that they have can pass better and shoot better and skate better. But I didn't think that they un, until Andrew Kopp actually nailed John Gibson in the right. third period, I had to actually at one point do a little research to see whether the Jets had any hits in the game. Um, it, it seemed like it's just a no hitter. I, 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 the, I would caution, you know, their, this team that they, they may have thought that they could just come out and outskill yeah. uh, the Anaheim Ducks and, and then got lulled into that by those early power plays, you know, and then, right. But you, I don't care what team you're playing in the NHL. If you don't out, out hustle the opposition and outwork the opposition, Chances are you're going to lose, and I and I I thought they were out hustled and out worked the entire night. Yeah, oh, and, no. and when you look at the way the Ducks scored a couple of their goals, right? They're not highlight reel goals. They're going to the hard areas. They're deflections. Those are the kind of goal. Like if if the Jets think they're just going to be you know on the TSN highlight yeah. reel every night, right. you, know, you can't play that way. You're not going to have success. You got to go hard to the net. You got to get those deflections and rebounds. And the Jets certainly didn't do that. I mean, yeah, they had, what, 34 shots against Gibson, who made some really nice saves for sure. But how many of them oh, were yeah. se second and third chance? The, the Jets didn't seem to get a whole lot of those. They also, like you said, until Cop crashed the net, I don't know that they were making his life very difficult. They weren't getting in his face or, you know, things that you need to do. So that's something Correct. the Jets will certainly have to address. Uh, they were without Mark Shifley for game one. He'll be back. Saturday night. I mean, I don't know that he would have made a difference. He maybe would have helped the power play for sure. Maybe, maybe they score yeah. a goal. Um, maybe. But, you know, it's one game. Um, but if if they continue to have these issues, uh, one game can turn into two, into four, and on they go. So uh, they will have to try and right the ship pretty quickly. And they're playing another team on Saturday in a very similar boat as the Ducks. A, a younger rebuilding team kind of passed its best before date. 
um, who will be having their home opener and will probably play hard. So the Jets better be ready on Saturday night in San Jose. You know, potentially it's a dose of humility, and and, and and maybe that's something that's good for them early in the season. We'll see. They're uber-talented, uber-skilled. There's, the, right. there's no question about that. I mean, and they showed that in the in the way that they played. And, and you're right, lots of times it looked like they were, you know, the superior team, and they should be the superior team. Yeah. But but the other, the Ducks were playing with a you know a more sense of urgency for sure and then and so like even when the Jets the Jets have been this way in the past and and maybe and maybe they'll I don't think that they can afford to be this way in the future is that it's almost like they need to score before they then you know then play even more uh, uh, um, they exert themselves even more yeah right. right. Um- you know, they, they, at the end of the night, they only gave up what twenty-two shots. Like they, they, other than the couple power plays, I think defensively, and that's an area of concern, right? Yeah, they were the Jets. They were better for sure. I mean, I know it still shows they gave up four goals, but um, yeah, there's some things to build off. There's some things to work on, and uh, we couldn't say this last year, Steve, but it's a long season. Last year, it wasn't a long season. It was a fifty-six right. game sprint. This is an eighty-two game marathon. And uh, they'll try and get things uh, on the right track and in the win column on Saturday night in game two. Okay, folks, we're back for the second period of our Jet Cetra podcast. Mike, I was watching the game on television. Uh, you were at the rink, of course, and um, during the pregame show and then a little bit during the, the intermissions and stuff like that, there was this, there was this banter between uh, Kevin Bieksa and Elliot Friedman and um, and it's they were talking about even making a wager and it's something that I wrote a little bit about in my playbook earlier this week or whatever is that there was some debate as to whether maybe the Jets uh, will end up being the best Canadian team Frank Saravelli of uh, whatever his new uh, daily face off that's what it's called thanks um, um, projected that, uh, that the Jets would be the last Canadian team standing and there's some other people suggesting that too um, uh, are they the beam, Mike? I mean, uh, the Oilers spit the bit a bit last night. They they coughed up a two nothing lead and ended up beating the Canucks in a shootout. But um, and then the Leafs beat the Habs, uh, you know, two to one. It right. Was it two to one or three to one? Three to one, maybe, maybe two to one. Two to one. Um, yeah. Two to one. So, uh, what do you think, Mike? Who's going to be the last Canadian team standing? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I look part of it too is what division do they play in? And you look at the Jets. I mean, we don't know a whole lot about the Central Division this year because uh, we haven't seen the Central Division opponents for so long. It seems Colorado. Uh, they ended up. You know, they beat Chicago last night. They got off to. I think they were up three nothing before the game was like ten minutes old, and then they right. they let they let the Blackhawks. But the, Colorado should be one of the best teams in the league. In fact. I picked them in my preview the other day to win the Stanley Cup. I think Colorado, they've they've sort of been knocking on the door. I think this is the year they get over the hump. I still have concerns about their goaltending for sure. Uh, but I think they have enough talent on the front end and the back end. Um, but other than that, Steve, you look at the Central Division to me and it's up for grabs. Like, So maybe you're playing for second, but you'd still have to go through Colorado. That's going to be a tough ask for anybody, including the Jets. So yeah, if they could find a way to uh, you know, I don't think there's any question in my mind the Jets are a playoff team. I mean, they better be, or there's gonna. They did not spend eighty-one point five million dollars 
with this group to not be a playoff team. Um, so, yeah, they should be in that mix for sure. Uh, the problem, I guess, they face is they have maybe arguably the best team in the league uh, in their own division. Uh, you know, you look at the Edmonton, like, I think Vegas should be a very strong team again. But after that, to me, the West itself, Steve, is pretty weak. I think most of the power now in the NHL lies in the East, in the Tampas. Um, you know, you know, Washington's probably always going to be good. Pittsburgh, um, Boston, the New York Islanders, like at Florida. There's a lot of good teams. And I haven't even mentioned Toronto. I think to me, the real power in the NHL lies in the East. And so if you're the Jets, you're playing most of your schedule against your own division and against the West. So there's a chance to, to make some hay. And we look at this early start of the season for the Jets, Steve. I know they're 0-1 against the Ducks. Um, but they have, I wrote about this the other day, like seven of their first eight games this year are against teams kind of projected to be in the bottom third of the league. They're going to play you're Anaheim. The Mike <laughs> yeah, they're a Stanley Cup contender, but I would not oh, pick them. The best are they the best Canadian team? I still think Toronto probably is, but I think Toronto? the Jets. Are, yeah, I think Toronto is because I, to me, Toronto. Um, I mean, Connor McDavid's the best player in the world. I think Toronto though has the best cast of of players around Austin Matthews. Like, whereas it's McDavid and Drysaddle versus the world. I like Mitch Marner. I know he had a rough playoff. I mean, John Tavares, and I, I like you know a couple pieces on their back end. And I wasn't a huge Freddie Anderson fan. If anything, they might be better in goal this year with Jack Campbell and Peter Mrazek. We'll see. Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, so I think, I think it's Toronto and Winnipeg sort of neck and neck, but I'll give the Leafs the edge. And I would not have, unlike Frank Cervelli, I don't see the Jets winning the cup this year. Oh, Mike McIntyre, you're killing the, you're killing the fans now. Poor guy. man. Sorry about that, folks. Um, I'll have to revoke his trip to Anaheim. But anyways, <laughs> right. while you're, you were in Anaheim, Mike. Uh, um, you had dinner with Timo Solani. So here, here's the here's here's a story. Timo owns a steak steakhouse and a couple of restaurants in Southern yeah. California. Here, um, he's like a a restaurant proprietor, and he's like he's the Finnish Flash, and he's like he's 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 gone Hollywood, hasn't he? He has. Um, someone at the restaurant told me a funny story about how Timu every now and then he he gets behind the bar and just starts pouring drinks for customers. And apparently he is a very, very generous pour. I mean, this one woman told me, she said, um, I've had to call a couple Ubers for my friends when Timu's been pouring. So, <laughs> um, I like their, they, they, I think Finnish people like a cocktail or two once in a while, don't they? Yeah. Apparently the, mo the mo I don't know my drinks very well, Steve. What's a Moscow, Moscow mule? That's apparently a big thing for him. I Oh, is that right? I don't know. Yeah. Have to, uh, is there not Moscow. a, we have is there, vodka in there. Yeah, there, Finnish vodka. there should be a Finnish flash though, right? Like they don't have, they should be, they should have a drink called the Finnish flash. I don't know what would be in it. Um, but yeah, I had a I had a great meal. It's called Salani's Steak Tavern, and it's in Laguna Beach. Have you been to Laguna Beach before, Steve? I've been to uh, not really. I've been to Anaheim there. I went to Disneyland, yeah. and um, went to um, I can't remember where we went, but no, I haven't been to Laguna Beach. It's no. uh, it's a little slice of paradise. It's about forty minutes kind of southwest of Anaheim, 
uh, right on the Pacific Coast Highway, which that's that would be a fun trip to do one day, Steve. Just drive up the Pacific Coast Highway, like you know, whether from Vancouver to California or whatever. Never yeah, done it's that. Beautiful. I, I drove from San Francisco to Oregon okay. uh, up to the, uh, through the redwoods and all that. It's beautiful, yeah. yeah. My goodness. I mean, my jaw dropped when I drove into Laguna Beach. I'd never been there before. And you're right on the Pacific Ocean, and it's just gorgeous. It's kind of lifestyles of the rich and famous around there for sure. And the Salani Steakhouse kind of fits that motif. It's in a, um, it's located, Steve, in like a historic 1920s kind of Victorian era home that's been converted into a restaurant it's this beautiful property kind of right on the ocean and yeah i had a great sit down with timu a couple hours with the finish flash he's got his schedule is insane like this guy is is busier than ever uh he's got two kids sons playing college hockey in boston his daughter's heavily involved in tennis he's got commitments all over the world he was just playing in the Ryder cup a couple of weeks ago as a media or as a celebrity uh participant He's going to Finland in a week. Um, but yeah, he took some time to talk to us. I'm going to have a big feature that'll run in Saturday's free press that I'm excited to, uh, to share with our readers. And uh, it was great. I had never met him before. Uh, I'd heard great things about him. And I must say, he lived up to everything I've heard. He, he really is kind of the genuine deal, like a truly nice guy. And I don't know. I've never really heard anybody say anything really negative about Team Mussolini. Oh, yeah, no, you haven't. No. Here it is, Moscow Mule. It's a cocktail made with vodka, spicy ginger beer, and lime juice. Frankly, that sounds, uh, I mean, I don't drink anymore, but even when I did drink, uh, that's just spoiling the vodka, but whatever. <laughs> well, you could order it and ask them to hold the ginger and the lime juice, right? Hold the, yeah, have a Moscow Mule, hold the spicy ginger beer and the lime juice. Right. In other words, take the, the vodka bottle out of the freezer and pour me a drink. Exactly. Um, but yeah, and, I, and then I checked out. What did you have to eat there? Uh, so I had a strip steak. I had scallops and uh, I had these wild mushrooms on the side. And I had no room for dessert. You also went to another? You also went to Timo's lunch place and had a burger. Yeah, it's called uh, the Penalty Box. That's right in Anaheim. Right. It's actually a cool right. little, it's a, it's a converted old rail car uh, that they've converted into a little restaurant. And uh, yeah, they serve hot dogs and burgers. I had the the uh, lamb burger and it was uh, it was exquisite. I've set the bar really high, Steve. I'm one game into the Jets season, and I've had it now a dinner and a lunch that are going to be hard to top uh, on the on the road. So uh, an unreasonably high bar has been set. All right, folks, we're back for the third period of our Jet Cetera podcast. That's the et cetera section. Uh, Mike, the Bombers, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, <clears throat> are 8-1, and one, um, and um, their last game, they beat the Edmonton Elks, I believe, I should know these scores, what I do know is that they gave up only was, three points, 30-3, I think. 30-3, I mean, what is that now, that's, is that six games this year, Steve? Six, I believe, that the Bombers have held their opponents to single digits, that is... yeah. That's got. I haven't looked it up. Is that a CFL record? It's got to be getting into that territory. Yeah, they're suggesting it's going to be a historic season defensively. They 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 don't give up any points in the fourth quarter. They don't give up any points. Period. Um, they're they're an incredibly good team. Um, it's 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 
odd watching the game. I was watching the last game, something dawned on me that I didn't really feel like they were playing all that well. And yet they were so dominant. It was, it was odd, you know, like they, they just seem to have so many different playmakers, whether it's on offense or defense and a lot of them on defense, but lots on offense too, that, that, you know, it doesn't seem to matter if one part of the team is not playing well, kicking the game. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a very impressive outfit. It's a very impressive team right now. I got to say. So let me ask you a question. You're, you're a longtime observer of the CFL, unlike myself. Um, and I'm not taking anything away from the bombers. They are the class of the CFL, but do you feel like the quality of overall play in the CFL has just (laughs) dropped considerably this year? Say that again, Mike. You broke up oh, just a little bit. Do you, do, you, do you believe the overall quality of play in the CFL has just taken a bit of a dive this year? Like, it feels to me like there's a lot of bad teams and there's a lot of bad football being played in the league this year. The Bombers are clearly the best of the bunch, but. Yeah, there's been some suggestion that, 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 that like, the other seven teams, other eight teams, um, I can never remember how many teams <laughs> there are in the CFL, changes yearly. Um, <laughs> are so bad. And this is one of the reasons that the Bombers are so good. I'm, I don't know. I don't, I, you know, I don't watch a whole, whole lot of other games. I mean, I'd see some highlights and read some stories and watch a little bit or whatever. It doesn't seem, I, I mean, Saskatchewan still has a good quarterback and some good players. I mean, BC Lions still have a good quarterback and some good yeah. players. Dan Peters and the Toronto Argonauts and Montreal uh, Alouettes. Ottawa is not very good. Hamilton seems to be struggling and, um, I don't – Edmonton is struggling at quarterback for sure and some yeah. other areas. Um, it just, it just I don't seems, know that's true. I don't it know. just seems the, the CFL was always built on excitement and offense and high scoring and wild, you know, lead changes. And we just – maybe we just haven't got a whole lot of that this year, right? The games have just been a little more static. They've been lower scoring. There's been some blowouts. And we just haven't had the wild, you know, 47, 45 barn burner that the CFL was kind of known for. So maybe, maybe that'll come like there's still half a season left to be played or almost half a season. But yeah, I mean, the Bombers are lapping the field now. I, I believe Steve, um, they, they can already clinch a playoff spot. I think with uh, got a loud motorcycle going on behind me here. Um, one more win and they clinch a playoff spot. That's, that's, Correct. A fait accompli. I mean, they're on the ver- they're going to be clinching first place and a bye right to the West final, which they will be hosting. Uh, that that should come in a couple weeks as well. Uh, and then, of course, you know, the concern to me for sure remains the kicking game because it hasn't cost them yet. They're eight and one. And Steve, they'd be eight and one if they had you or I as their kicker. Correct. Right. But yeah. But. Uh, at some point, you wonder if a game, and specifically a big game, cough, cough, the West Final or the Grey Cup Final, what if that comes down to a kick? Like, are you comfortable going into that? And, and so far, I mean, they're on, what, their third different kicker, and they haven't made a change. I'm sure they're still looking, but I'd be a little worried if I was Mike O'Shea. And, yeah, and- I don't, I don't- Whoa, what's that there, Mike? I don't, I don't, I don't get this uh, Ali Murtada. I didn't, Ali Murtada guy. Uh, I didn't understand the signing to begin with. Right. Um, he, he's, it's not like he's a guy that has had some success 
and then it's slumping a little bit. And then, you know, he's getting another chance with the Bombers. He's never been any good. Right. Never. He was Wasn't... terrible in college. Like, he's just, he's just, he's never had any success. And he's 31 years old. And I guess Michael Shea said something this week, something about the fact that he strikes the ball well. Yeah, I've, I strike the ball really well when I hit it left into the woods too, Mike. Yeah. Um, man, I just nail it. Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I... Like, you know what I mean? Like, so O'Shea, so one, one, of the, one, of the, one of Mike O'Shea's great attributes is that he's determined and he's stubborn. loyal. Stubborn. But stubborn, stubborn too, right? You know what I mean? yeah. Just doesn't want to be wrong. Yeah. And it's like, and, and this is, this, that, that trait has cost the Bombers in the past, not recently because, well, they, they won the great cup in 2019, but right. you know, it's just like, you know, like, I don't, I don't understand why this guy's still on the team. It makes no sense to me. Did that uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but did Justin Medlock not vouch for this guy? Wasn't oh, I there, didn't hear that. I thought I heard that he had kind of come recommended. So maybe they're giving him longer rope than usual because he came, but I don't know. I mean, it, it is puzzling for sure. Of course, at the end of the day, even if they had, you know, Justin Medlock back, they'd still be eight and one. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, sure. but, they'd, but they'd have about 50 more points scored because that's about how many it feels like they've left on the field this year. Uh, so they'd just be blowing teams out even more than they have. But yeah, I mean, it's all about staying healthy, right? Uh, they got to stay healthy and obviously they got to keep their quarterback upright. Um, but kind of getting this big lead in the standings, I suppose they could be smart with how they manage maybe their playing time and whatnot. And obviously there's two games that are going to be most important. They want to win the West final and they want to win the great cup. And uh, right now the bombers are certainly poised, um, looking like they're, they're poised to do both. All right, Mike, we're back for the overtime session of our jet Cetera podcast. This is when you do the slideshow from New York City. Now, folks, if, if you don't follow, the news. yeah, if you don't follow Mike McIntyre on social media, whether that's Facebook or Twitter or whatever it might be, you can see Mike's slideshow in his newsletter that will be coming out uh, uh, tomorrow. If I get to editing it today, um, but Mike, <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like you and your family had a oh, it's an epic vacay. Epic. Yeah. And using that word, I used that word in a playbook earlier yeah. this week. I, I said that you were on vacay and, and one of our fans, a, a podcast listener and a playbook uh, follower and a Mike McIntyre follower uh, demanded that I stop using that word vacay. Um, wow. <laughs> Is he saying you're too old to speak like that? Like he, I guess so. Yeah. I'm trying to I sound like a... You're just you're just encouraging me to use it more. But I, I told guess, him. Yeah, it uh, was a it was a great vacay. Yeah, we were in. Uh, we didn't do the podcast a week ago because last Thursday at this time I was flying back from New York City. Our family spent a week. We kind of did all the all the touristy things. Uh, three Broadway shows. Uh, Come from away was tremendous. That's of course if for people who don't know what it is, it's about nine eleven and and the role that a Gander Newfoundland played on nine eleven in taking in all these uh, planes that, that had to be kind of uh, brought down, uh, not brought down, but, but they had to land because the airspace was closing and the people of Gander took them in. It's a tremendous musical. 
Um, my, my wife and daughter saw Hamilton and Wicked. Uh, my son and I went to a Yankees game and we both hate the Yankees and they lost. So it was a great game. Um, although they, they lost to Tampa and I'm not a big Tampa fan either. So I was kind of cheering for both teams to lose. But yeah, Statue of Liberty, Brooklyn Bridge. Um, we almost got into Saturday Night Live, Steve. We, we actually had walked by the NBC studio on the Saturday evening. Just wanted to see what kind of crowd was around. And we got pulled inside by a staffer. They needed more people in the standby line. And we got within like five seats of getting a, a seat in for Saturday Night Live. Um, Owen Wilson was the host. So I don't know, maybe maybe we won by not getting in. I don't, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I don't mind him. He's got, he's got a bit of a, I don't know. Nah, I'm not a big fan. What was the musical act? Uh, it's a country music singer. I can't remember her name. She's very popular. I think she's won some Grammys, but I don't follow country music. Definitely got lucky. I, I couldn't even name you a Saturday Night Live cast character right now. Well, you also couldn't, you also couldn't name a country music singer because I think I told you, weren't we chatting a couple of weeks ago? I told you Eric Church was coming to. Correct. And you're like, who's Eric Church? And I said, yeah. oh, he's like famous, Steve. He's so folks. If you want to mock and ridicule Steve over something, the fact he didn't know who Eric Church was, uh, let him let him hear about it. <laughs> I know I know a lot of great country music singers, but they're from when country music was actually country music. Conway um, Twitty. Well, yeah, sure, yeah, like or Johnny Cash or uh, Merle Haggard, Tammy Wynette or Hank Williams or uh, uh, Kenny Rogers. Campbell. Yeah, Kenny Rogers. Well, Kenny Rogers in the first edition were like they were they were a band they had a show a television show at one point and then kenny rogers became more country but the country, yeah. kenny rogers in the third edition uh, yeah. first edition third edition were uh, more of a, a rock band yeah <laughs> uh but yeah it was a great trip and i'm happy to report it all went smoothly i mean there's covid protocols now we had to get the test our family had to pay for the test to go down we actually found a place in new york steve and i wonder if a lot of cities in the u.s are going to start doing this they actually pay for tourists to get PCR tests to go back. And it's a great incentive, probably saved us $1,000 um, because that's a reality of traveling these days. Um, so yeah, it was a nice, uh, nice vacation. Third time was the charm because this, we had rescheduled two previous times. And then yeah, came back for a few days and then now on the road, of course, for this Jets road trip. And I, I got to get to another baseball game the other night. I was at Dodger Stadium uh, for game three of the uh, Dodgers Giants playoffs. So I, I was at Yankee Stadium and Dodger Stadium in about a 10 day span. Baseball is my second love after hockey. So that was pretty cool to, uh, to be at, at both those ballparks. Um, and yeah, off to San Jose now, then off to Minneapolis where the Jets will wrap up this road trip early next week. And uh, we'll see if they can bring a win or two back home with them. Can you imagine the angst if the Jets lost all three games on this road trip, Steve? My goodness. Uh, yeah. they're, 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 the expectations are high this year, and so there will be ha some hand-wringing now. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, but we'll, see, we'll see how things go Saturday night, San Jose, and then Minnesota. Is that right? Yeah, they go to Minnesota for the play yeah. of the Wild on Tuesday, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's been 14 years, as you like to say, since they last played the Wild. They haven't played a team in the Central Division forever so uh the minnesota wild are a lot different than the minnesota wild we knew mainly thanks to uh, a young russian player named karel kaprizov so looking forward to that um 
and uh, looking forward to, to doing our next edition of the uh, of the podcast, Steve. Uh, well, maybe next Wednesday, I was thinking we could do this. Um, I'll have a look at the schedule, Mike. Yeah. So uh, we'll, uh, all right. Well, you're you're driving now to uh, your drive, getting in your rental car. What kind of rental car do you got? So I rented just the smallest little economy car, but they gave me a nice little upgrade to a Santa free upgrade. So I'm in a Santa Fe. Uh, it's like a little SU. It's an SUV. I just can't think yeah, of yeah. the. Yeah, a Santa Fe. <laughs> let me look on my key ring here. It Hyundai. is a Hyundai. Yeah. Yeah, Hyundai, Hyundai Santa, Santa Fe. Fe. Yeah, right on. Yeah, nice so, vehicle. Yeah, right. Drives nice, yeah. Um, so yeah, driving okay. to LA, flying to San Jose, and uh, just like Dion Warwick, I do know the way to San Jose, Steve. I was just going to ask you that, Mike. Nice one. Very okay, good. safe drive, safe flight, and we will uh, chat with you later, and um, we'll do this again next week, yeah. Right on. Take care, folks. Okay, thanks, Mike. Bye, folks.